1: And welcome to the second helping of the Weekly Dish podcast. I'm right. Stephanie Hanson. Hi, I'm Stephanie March. This is the show that we kind of give you guys a little extra bit of content, a little extra bit of food news, some um, insider-y thoughts about eating and drinking in the Twin Cities.
0: It is always helpful when you have a podcast, too, if you can get ratings because then people will see the podcast and they serve it up more. So wherever you find your podcast, if you could give the show a rating, we would really appreciate it. If you ever have any feedback for us, you can find us at Steph March on Twitter or at Stephanie's Dish on Twitter. Also, we have a Facebook page for Weekly Dish, and we're, of course, on Instagram. So we're here for you. If you have podcast ideas or content you'd like us to cover, just let us know.
1: Yes, we have we have lots of things that we think about every week and things that happen as we're eating and drinking out, you know, in the towns throughout the week. But one of the things that uh it's and, and, you know, of course, we have these lives and people often say, gosh, I wish I could, you know, live like you guys or I wish that like we could go out as much as you do. Let me just tell you, sometimes it's not always a picnic.
0: Yeah, we were just comparing notes earlier today on some of our restaurant experiences
1: this week. I've had a number of fails that were sort of disappointing and and surprising, too. And that was kind of it. I thought we should talk about that and how you handle that.
0: So I'll just start with my experience, and then you can tell me what yours was. I had been traveling a lot the last couple months, and so I'm just starting to kind of ramp up my restaurant eating again. Mm -hmm. And we went to, we wanted to have a steak We went to a neighborhood kind of steak place that's more of a neighborhood supper club. And it's not known for being like the best, but it's always been pretty good. And actually, when you go, you usually have a better experience than you think you're going to have. We got in there and right away I noticed that the menu was a little bit different. So maybe they have a new chef because Mm -hmm. a lot of the menu items weren't on the menu that they used to have. I ordered a steak. And a baked potato, it came with a side of vegetable and a salad. And my husband ordered the same thing. I got a filet, he got a New York, he got french fries, I got a baked potato, he got the dinner salad, I got their house chop salad. Okay. So the first course comes out and the my chop salad was clearly made like earlier that morning and it's starting to get brown.
1: Oh, on the edges, the lettuce?
0: And it, there is no lettuce. It's kind of chopped with almost cabbage. Is like their house version with olives and bacon and like maybe a Thousand Island dressing. And it the whole thing is just kind of this clump of brown in the middle of my plate. There is no garnish. There's no other lettuce around the plate. So it literally looks like they've taken a half a cup of this overly chopped salad and just plunked it into the middle of my plate. It almost still had the form of the cup. Huh. And then Kurt got this beautiful fresh salad with cucumbers and tomatoes. And okay. So, first I was like, huh, this is kind of weird. All right. Not great, but it tasted okay. But I could tell it was old. Then the food comes, and my steak is supposed to be a six ounce filet. It is clearly a four ounce. Like, I, it's just four ounces. That's all I can tell you. I know it was four ounces. Yeah. My green beans were. Half were el dente and half were overcooked, so it was like two batches came together. They didn't pick the ends off the green beans. The they'd used a fresh green bean and they didn't pick the stem part off. So I'm eating green beans and I'm having to like pick those out of my teeth. Yeah, and then my baked potato was yesterday's baked potato and. I know a a baked potato that's been sitting in a baked potato. It's wrinkly
1: and weird. It
0: has a different color. Yeah. The starches have congealed more. So Mm -hmm. it's like more, it's not fluffy at all. It's very dense, very compact. And it's a different color yellow in a lot of cases. Or white, if you think your potatoes are white. Whatever. It's a different color.
1: Russets are different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was my, and it was small. So my plate looked like I had these sad green beans, my sad baked potato, my sad filet that was cooked well. And Kurt's got this beautiful New York that's hand-cut. His fries are exceptional. Like, his meal looked great.
1: Oh, weird. So that is weird.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is really... So I eat my meal. I'm starving. We eat. I pay $138 meal. Oh. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, wow... Like if I would have gone to Mancini's, I would have had a better experience. If I would have gone, maybe to Baltimore, which is the new place up in Roseville's parking oh, it would lot, have been
1: completely different. And but you're saying this is a classic, old neighborhood place.
0: Yes, and I didn't say anything. I didn't complain. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going there again. Yeah. I don't want to spend 138 dollars or 128 dollars to have a mediocre meal anymore. I'm sick of it.
1: So did you have, so Kurt had a good meal and so was he feeling like you just got ripped off or was he feeling, did he feel like he was,
0: he was like, Oh, maybe yours was just off.
1: And I mean, it seems like that's true. Yeah. But then I guess to me in this situation for you, I think I would have probably asked for that potato in the salad. I, I don't know. I guess I would have sent that back.
0: I never send things back and I I know know. I know I'm supposed to, and I know that the restaurant wants me to, you want me to, because then they can fix the problem. I just was like, I just, and I could have been in a mood too. I don't know. I just was staring at it like, I'm tired. This food is tired. And this is tiring.
1: I hear you. And this is, and this, something in this vein happened at, um, (laughs) I mean, I have to say it's so random, but it was Chipotle and it was late last night. My last experience
0: at Chipotle was horrid.
1: Well, let me just say that I have had... Uh, I mean, this is the Chipotle by the movie theater that we always go to, and it's usually great. And, I mean, like, we, there's this crew of guys who work, you know, and they're normally awesome, and this was not that crew. And it was, like, very clear, and it was 9 o'clock, so it was after the movie, but they're open till 10. My first clue should have been when we walked in at 9 o'clock and all the seats had the chairs on the table because the woman was sweeping. She had put all the chairs up. She, they were done with us. They were, they were clearly... They yeah, had not a good They had an sign. hour left of, of being open, and they were like, nope, this is what you're going to get. Like, you, I was like, well, clearly we can't sit here anyway. Like, She didn't just put up chairs in one area, sweep, and put them down. The entire area had chairs up, and then she was sweeping. Which is not inviting. No. It makes you feel like you're... I kept checking my watch. I'm like, is this... Are we... Yeah. It, should we go? So we get up to there and it's like they're distracted. They took a long time. There was like the guy who was doing the the burrito things. He was like, he kept looking around and then he would, he, like the woman in front of him, he's like, hi, ma'am, what can I get for you? And she starts talking and he walks away to answer somebody else's question down the line. Like it was, it was just not, right then I was like, this is, this is going to be just one of those times. But maybe, maybe it's not that hard. It's burritos, right? So I was ordering their new carne asada. You know, they have this new like steak You know stuff out, and I was doing a quesadilla because I wasn't up for a whole burrito. And I said, "Oh, can I get a carne asada quesadilla?" And he just looks at me for like it takes him like a beat, and then I I could tell he was like, "Really?" (laughs) And I was like, I just kind of stood there, and then he goes down to get the thing. He was out of cheese next to the to the tortilla press, so he had to go down the line, and he put on like a half a handful, and then plop the steak on it, and that was the moment when I was like. I should say something because that's not enough cheese. Like it's not even enough cheese. I love cheese. I will always want more cheese, but that was like not going to be enough to make it even like a good quesadilla. And then he turned around and went down the line to do something else. And then he came back and it's like I had lost my moment and I'd lost my mojo because it was like, I already knew that the line was backing up. So then he puts it in the, in the press and then, and then the next burrito comes, the next order comes and he takes it out. And then he puts – he does the burrito thing, and then he puts it – and then so we're already down paying, and then he puts it back in, and then he takes it out, and he puts it back in and takes it out every time he has a burrito order. And I was just like, just leave it in there for – like, just leave it in there for a few more minutes. Like, the line is already long. You've already – this is already happening. And we're sitting there at the end, and, you know, I'd already paid, and I was kind of waiting. And the girl's like, do you want some guacamole? Like, where's your guacamole? Throws it in our bag. And then – and then he takes the he takes it the quesadilla like opens it up looks at it physically shrugs wraps it in the foil and slides it down like tosses it to us basically like here uh-huh. this is what you get and i was just sitting there going like it's so funny like that's just a chipotle like it's an, i don't expect like high service but that was so below what i'm even used to from chipotle that it kind of surprised me and I did. I was kind of stunned because I've never had to take – I'd never have to say anything bad right. about my Chipotle because it's always been great. And I thought, this is funny. I wonder if this is what other people get all the time. Like, I wonder if this is common and I'm just immune to it. I don't know. And did weird. you say anything? At that point, I already knew it was going to be bad. The line was long. I knew there was probably not going to be – this was not a situation where they cared at all about making it right. This crew wanted us all gone, and none of them cared about us at all. And I thought – I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to go. I'm going to know it's a crappy, you know, quesadilla and that's going to be it. Yeah. I got, we got home and I opened it up and it was just.
0: Here's my crappy quesadilla. That's
1: what it was. And I just ate it and it was fine. But I mean, it wasn't, again, I I was paying what, nine bucks for that. If I was paying for a steak and a salad and a baked potato and I knew that I was at like a steakhouse and it was that, I would have said no. And your
0: partner's meal was Was good. Was great. That's the bummer. That means like you have the potential to make this good. I just, I don't know. I was just like, and then I thought, and I eat out a ton. Okay. I eat out a ton. I also cook a lot, but I eat out a ton. And I was like, I am just feeling like I'm going to be more careful with my eating money because I don't, I I get that beef costs a lot. That's why my filet was $30 and I'm fine with paying $30 for a filet. If I go to a steak place, I expect that I'm going to pay for the meat. But if that experience is just, like, I could have gotten that same experience ordering a chicken sandwich somewhere, that's not cool. If I've spent $30 on this piece of meat, like, I want it to be good. Mm -hmm. And I want there to be a certain amount of service if you're this kind of a restaurant. I'm not at a fast food place. I don't know. I just, I don't want old salad. Yeah. And by the way, like, can we just be done with the plastic dressing containers that you put your sour cream in or your butter in or your dressings in. They're not like ecological. No. You have a dishwasher who's washing things anyway. Why aren't you using when someone gives me my dressing or whatever in one of those plastic things? I just like, really? Like, we're not done with metal, this
1: yet? Metal ramekins, right?
0: Yeah. And I realize like you're trying to execute portion control. I get that. But it's so like low class. it just feels like to well, be a for, full service restaurant and to give me something that is well, in a little plastic cup,
1: well, and that they're charging that kind of if you walked away with a hundred and thirty or hundred sixty was it
0: It was a hundred and thirty eight dollars I think yeah. with the tip
1: so that to me says that should be it should be a little bit more than that, yeah, I know? don't know.
0: I just I keep seeing these plastic containers, and then a local place that I do frequent put on Facebook. That they're going to stop using those little plastic containers. They put like syrup and butter Mm -hmm, in them mm -hmm. and they started like using using the metal ones. Mm -hmm. I thought I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it's a little elevated experience, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: I mean, especially if you have. Yeah. I think if you have like it's like you wouldn't serve me a plastic fork with this. No. You know, so.
0: Or you wouldn't put my beer in a plastic cup. Yeah. Yeah. So why? so why would because we do that? you it works for the servers and it's their it's, side work and I get all is, of it's the efficiency reasons moments,
1: right? So then they can do it ahead of time and it can be done and then it probably saves time. But I don't know if it necessarily saves that much time.
0: It makes me feel the same way and this is a really picky thing, but when I go to a restaurant and they have the fake ketchup on the table. What's that? It's like Comes from a food service company. Oh, it's oh. not either Hunts or Heinz. <laughs> Heinz is preferred. Hunts is if yeah, I'm desperate. Yeah. If you give me the house made brand, I automatically think that you're cutting corners in every single aspect of your restaurant, and it makes me never want to eat there again.
1: What that you, to me is a sign that you're if it, in trouble. What What if it was a good ketchup? What if that ketchup was there, but then the food was good? You'd be okay with that? No, I mean, it bugs. Really? That's yeah. it. And because I feel be like. But that would be an area that I would be like, eh, who cares about ketchup? And I would economize on that because that doesn't matter to me. You know what that's I mean? So as, a, as a restaurateur, ketchup shouldn't – I mean, let's be honest. If someone's putting ketchup all over their food, they don't really care about how what it tastes like anyway. But I
0: feel like if you're economizing on ketchup, and I don't know how much ketchup costs for food service, I feel like if you're economizing there, you're economizing in lots of other ways that are probably weird. I think like you're probably using fake butter. You're probably – you know what I mean?
1: I would think the opposite. I would think that that would be smarter to economize on ketchup and then buy the good butter because they probably wanted to spend the money on the other stuff. Why would you spend money on ketchup?
0: I don't know because that's what you do. You provide ketchup
1: <laughs> to people who just want to pour it all over your food. Yes, uh-huh.
0: and if you want to give me a ramekin of ketchup, that's fine. Yeah, but it better not be a plastic
1: ramekin. So here's the idea too of the idea that you are that you are wasting a meal, right? I do. I feel like I wasted a meal. So on uh, this week, we were going to go downtown. We went to go see Mike Birbiglia at the workway.
0: I loved Mike Birbiglia. Was it funny?
1: So funny. Um, So we knew that we were going to have to eat. We knew we had a couple things going beforehand, so it was going to be tight, you know, but so we couldn't like go and sit down at this long. We couldn't go to Meritage and have this long meal before going to the yardway. But I was like, okay, you know, and it was Jake. So I was like, let's – and so he's like, because they're in a ramen shop we haven't hit in St. Paul. And I was like, oh, let's look. Well, there was one over on university that was either Ichido or Ishida. It couldn't decide online what its name was, which, of course, to me is like, well, I don't know who's running it. I don't know what's up with it. It feels a little dicey. I don't want to waste – I don't want to waste a meal there. I don't want to walk away from a meal feeling really bummed about it. And so then we were like, okay, let's, and I said, let's go see Evil Eddie up at Cook St. Paul. That's not going to give us enough time. Let's go, you know, should we go over to Octo Fish Bar and just sit at the bar? That's, you know, that was too far too. Let's park once. There's all of this stuff ending up. And I'm going to say it. We ended up at Sakura. And what happened was, is I I have not been to Sakura in years. And this is, of course, a Japanese place that's right next to Pazaluna and right in downtown St. Paul. And it wasn't because it was anything bad. It just was, it was very clear. So we thought, here's the deal. We're going to go. It's a, it's a, it's a vaunted, you know, it's been a Japanese place for a long time. I'm sure they've got their stuff together and, and, uh, and we walk in and, you know, it's, it's a little bit beaten up and I'm not mad at that. I, I like a well-worn restaurant. But we walk in and they, and the the guy's like, okay, two? And I said, yeah. And so he just takes us to the table. He didn't ask us if we wanted to sit at the sushi bar, which is what we normally do, but I was like, that's fine. Let's just sit here. So we sit down and. Uh, he brought us like full menus, but they were, they didn't give us the sushi menus. Nobody came to talk to us for 15 minutes. Like no one came to talk to us for 15 minutes. I went up to the sushi bar and I grabbed the sushi menu and the drink menu and I sat down and I was like, well, we'll just figure it out. I know that they had ramen listed, but like there was nowhere that you could see a specials or anything. The guy finally had a party, he had a party doing shabu shabu, you know, the hot pot kind of thing in the corner. And then there were a few other tables, but it wasn't that busy. Um, and he came to our table and he said, he's like, hi, do you guys need something to drink? Do you know what you're going to order? And we're like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess we, you know, and I said, well, we're not really ready to order, you know, but like I, we have some questions. He's like, okay, what are your questions? And I was like, oh, I, well, do you guys have ramen? Because I, you know, there's a word ramen written on a chalkboard and then it's all erased. He's like, well, it's for lunch. We have ramen at lunch, but like, so you guys want ramen, two ramens? Like two ramens, <laughs> just two ramens, like that. And I was like, "Uh, well, no, we were gonna do ramen and some sushi too." And he's like, "Okay, so, what?" You, he's like, "What do you want?" I, literally, was like, "It couldn't." I was like, "Oh, okay." Like pushed us so hard without being at all like friendly or anything. It was sort of like he was just executing, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, "Okay, well, uh, yeah, I guess we want a bowl of ramen." He's like, "Is that the split or Is that the two of you each want one?" We're like, "No, just one bowl of ramen." And then, um, I'm like, and we'll share it. And then I guess, and then I started looking through the rolls and most of them are cooked. Most of that sushi is cooked. And the other side of it has cooked shrimp in it. So it's not really very forward sushi, but it's not even really, there's not even that much raw sushi. And then as he, and so I was like, I guess we'll get the, this roll and then we'll get this roll. And he's like, okay, sounds good. And he picks up the menu. I was not done ordering and he just assumed it. And he goes, and he walks away and I was like. Well, I see that there's some special otoro on the board. So he comes back to bring us our drinks. I'm like, well, I wasn't done, so I, can we get the special otoro sushi? And he's like, sure. And I said, and some edamame? He's like, yep. And he walks away, and he's just like, that's the thing. And so then feeling like I wanted the edamame to start, right? That's normally where edamame goes. It comes as an appetizer. They didn't talk to us again for another 15, 20 minutes, and then it all came at once. It was all right there, and it was like, okay, that's just. It was like we were. It was the most transactional experience I've ever had in a restaurant to date. I and
0: efficient, like. but not giving you any of the hospitality.
1: And 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 the sushi was good. I will tell you that the the otora was of course beautiful because it's a gorgeous cut of fish. Um, you know that just sits on a thing of rice because it was nigiri. The ramen was not ramen. It was just like a miso broth with some noodles in it. It was not ramen. And it was just, there was no egg, there was just a little bit of green in there, no nori, there's some bamboo shoots and like a fish cake, but for ramen people, it's like, you know, it's like the whole experience of it all. And it just felt like they could have cared less that we were here or what we ordered or that we even cared about them, you know? And I just felt sad for it because I was like, this was wasted. I'm like, we would have had maybe a better experience at the Ishido (laughs) Ishida, like where we have no idea. You know who they were.
0: They have good ramen there. Well,
1: I know. And I'm <laughs> sure of it. I was like very regretful. And that was the point is like I'd wasted it. I'd wasted our moment. And I was bummed. And I and I didn't not tip him. He wasn't he was efficient. And he was nice. But I I couldn't complain. There was nothing I could send back or complain about. So then I just sat there and I was just sad.
0: So what do we call that? So that I don't want to was... waste my dining dollars anymore.
1: No. No, and that's the hard part because you have to then you have to do you have to be diligent. You have to do your research. You have yeah, to plan because out. you can't
0: just all of a sudden decide like oh I don't feel like cooking so we're gonna go have this. But if you do that, then you have to stick to like where's a good burger, where's a good pizza, like the things that you know places that can execute.
1: Yeah, and I will say that it's clear to me. And Jake and I were both talking like Sakura. Clearly, they're they're open for lunch, and they are a biz- You know, there's a lot of offices and things around them. And you know, I'm sure that what they do is they do a brisk lunch. Which at lunch, that's what I need. But this was not that.
0: Well, and I do think there's a difference in service at lunch versus dinner.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, at lunch, I am absolutely, if I'm at a sit-down place... We are all on a clock, yeah, and we all know that we are all in this together. Unless I've said, "Look, we're going to be here for three hours," like that's, and I expect that. I used to teach that you have to give them, you have to know their time window. And I would say because this is an area of St. Paul that gets a lot of events, you know, they have a lot of the while or you know they have a lot yeah. of hockey references and things, and they have the Ordway. So I'm sure that they're like used to pre-event thing. But we had so much time; we were like there was enough time for all of this to happen. But I still and think, read the people, yeah, and I still think you can you don't have to cut people off and clip you have to give them a moment you have to offer them that moment to be here and that to me was what the failing was and like again i don't mind saying it because i'm sure that it, in other instances they have serviced people who are wonderful there were people at the bar who were having a great time i'm not saying the the place is bad i'm saying it was a bummer of an experience i probably the ramen was not good and i didn't expect it to be to be honest with you but i thought there might be a chance and then and the sushi roll was delicious but it's that idea of like What do you, how does that affect you then? Because, like, food fails, I can handle. And service fails in some aspects, I can understand most of it. But then, where do I go? Because the thing is, I really don't have a lot of leeway. I go to specific places because it's my job. And I have a hard time going back to places because I don't have time. So then, this is like, this dining dollar and this dining moment is precious to me. And it is like,
0: whether it's, you know, you're going to Brunson's Pub. And if there's twenty beers on the list and you aren't sure about one and they go, Do you want to try a sample? Like, that's just hospitality. Yes. I do think that we can have varying degrees from from a fast casual all the way on up to, you know, a five star dining experience. I think you can have service all the way along there. I think though it's a it's something that we as the diner, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm not just gonna accept This mediocre crap anymore. I'm not. I'm not going to spend $128 at your restaurant to just feel like you gave me the leftover food.
1: Let me follow the last bit of this story goes where we go to the show. We're hungry (laughs) because basically this ramen bowl we split had like this shard of meat and these weak noodles. It was not worthy. And uh, and we had one roll because we were panicked when we ordered, you know, and so fine. We were hungry. We both look at each other and we're like. Let's go check out that new burger at My Burger. <laughs> so we drive to My Burger. It is nine nine forty on think? Grand Avenue, probably. No, no, no. in, in WyZetta. Okay. Because we were going home. So we went to My Burger on the way home. And it was uh we walked in at nine forty. They close at ten. And the kid there, there was nobody in there, like but stools weren't up. And the kid was there and he was just kind of playing on the music. He was you could tell he was futzing with the music. And we walk in, we're like, sorry. And he's like, No, no, you're good. And we're like, oh, are you sure? He's like, yeah, we're, we got plenty of time. And then he says, you know, we chatted with us about this burger. They have a new Munster burger. And we're like, you don't have the Griddler anymore, you know, this whole discussion. And he's like, just chatting us up. And he's like, yeah, you're fine. And he's like, then we talked music on the playlist, brings us our hot and fresh burgers. And then he goes, have a great night, you guys. Thanks for stopping in. Done. You win the day. Yeah. That's it. That's all it took. He won the day. And how do you teach that? It's easy. You have to teach it and you have to support it. I'm not kidding you. It is easy. And you have to teach it in the ways that this is like, it's outside of yourself. Here's where it comes. It is service. It's not about you. It's about this guest. And that is a thing that you are deciding for your job. You are going to give to them. It is a gift. And so then you have to have that reinforced every day. I think My Burger does a good job of that, teaching their employees to do that and Quite honestly, when I was at Baltimore, here's here's another win just because of to follow up on the bad with the good, at Baltimore, which is the steakhouse we were just talking about. I can't remember if we were just talking about it now. Randy Stanley in uh, Rosedale. I sat at the bar at one o'clock in the afternoon, and I had seen this burger and on you know on Randy had sent me a picture of the burger and I was like I want this burger, and I asked her the bartender if we could have it if I could have it and she was like you know it's on that happy hour menu that doesn't start till three. She's like, but we have this other burger. It's really great. You should try this. And I was like, you know, I'm not up for that burger. I had my hopes set on the other burger. I'm like, so really, I can't get it for two more hours? And she goes, you know what? Let me go ask. She's like, there's no reason why I can't do a little sweet talking back there. She leaves. She goes to the back and asks. And they're like, yeah, of course. We can do it. And they do it. And they all, they were like, you know what? Actually, we haven't made one of these yet yet. Cause they opened on Wednesday and they were like, and so they were all like excited to do it. And they came out of the kitchen to watch the burger be like, they brought it to me like three or four of them. They had no idea who I was. You guys, this is not because I was Steph March. Sure. There was nobody. Randy was not there. I don't know their kitchen crew. I didn't know Tammy. This was just because they were helping a guest. And I was like, this is amazing. You guys. And they were all excited with me to be a part of it. That is hospitality. Going I, above and beyond. What does the guest want? What does the guest need? Tammy found that out. She decided to care. That's it.
0: Yeah. We had a couple similar experiences this week at Crave. Again, you're right on the happy hour timeline. And it's it's literally like 6.02 if I'm being 100% honest. And my friend says, are you still on happy hour? He goes, technically, no, but I will squeak in an order for you, but we got to do it now. You ready? Yeah. And he made it, like, fun, and, like, he was helping her, and, you know, I'm sure it's not going to make Crave a dollar more or a dollar less for that excellent service to have occurred in that particular moment, because Mm -hmm. when you're transitioning menus, there's always that weird time, right? But he Mm -hmm. didn't make her feel weird about it. No. And it was really just great service, and then I also, Pittsburgh Blue, I had a really good experience there where... She just took the time and the care to explain something and like, here, let me just give you a sample so you can see, like, again, with all of these beers and all of this craft cocktail movement, like, we don't know what everything's going to taste like or if we're going to like it. And if we don't, I don't want to feel crappy because I took a chance on a local beer and then I didn't love it. Right. You know? So like, if they recommend something, I'll sometimes say like, well, if I don't love it, are you going to be offended if I send it back? And they're always like, no. So I'll try it then because I know we have an agreement that if I don't love it, it's okay. Yeah. And she's just going to give me a little bit.
1: Right. Right.
0: It's just, I don't mean to go on a huge like restaurant rant here, but as we, two things are happening. The restaurant industry is getting squeezed, right? More benefits, more hourly wage, more tip discussions. That's happening. But also what's happening is the diner is going to continue to have expectations of what service is. And either we need to change that service model so that it's fast casual or I'm ordering at a counter and my expectation is different. Or you have to act, deliver on what the sit-down experience is.
1: Yeah. I think the sit-down experience, because we are going to be losing, because we are turning to more fast casuals because the model is easier for the for the profit margin, um, we're going to lose that hand-to-hand, that touch-to-touch person, person-to-person person sort of service. But where it's going to go, we're going to lose that in the middle. Like your neighborhood steakhouse, they're the ones who are going to, it's going to get worse and worse. They're going to lose people. Be- they're going to lose you as a diner because it's going to get less satisfying and less satisfying. Yeah, because I'm instance. just going to wait
0: and go to P.S. Steak next time. Right. And I'm going to spend $225 right. on my
1: meal. Right. And this is my thing. It's We're losing the middle ground and service will become a high dollar commodity just as much as like really great cuts of beef. I don't know if I'm necessarily mad at that. At first I was a little sad, but maybe that's what it's going to take because maybe to understand that this is a this is a choice by people who are, you know, in the service industry that like this Tammy, I said, where did you work before? And she was like, oh, I worked at the Independent and then I worked over here and I was at this place. She is a life bartender. She was my age. And Um, And I don't know that about her. I'm just, you know what I mean? I don't, I'm assuming that because she's worked in all these places. My sister
0: is 58 years old and has worked in the restaurant industry as a server her entire life.
1: And my point is that that's, that's a valuable job and it is a worthy job. And the fact that we have this sort of cultural bias against, like, we, we have this thing where we're like, we have, we have to feel bad for service workers because they have to do service. And that's the part that offends me the most as someone who was in service. And quite honestly, I still feel like I am. And. I think that that's a thing that we don't value anymore, the giving of yourself to another person to make their night great, and then they pay you money for that. I think that's okay. I think that's a thing, and I think it's a valuable thing in society because it also teaches us to not value ourselves above everything else, which we can see is damaging. So I know I've done this rant before. I don't mean to go off on one thing, but my point is, like, I think, like, I'm interested that your steakhouse wasn't even, your neighborhood steakhouse wasn't even as up to par, which is like my was hope was that those places were going to be that good.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, it's, it's having been on the road and eating out of the van and cooking a lot. I'm just like, you know what? I need to be smarter with my dining dollar. There are going to be times where I'm going to have fast casual or wanting to eat a burger or a pizza or a pile of noodles, whatever those are, I'm going to make those choices If I am wanting something that I know is going to be a hundred dollar meal or more, I'm going to just pick better and I'm going to do less of those probably because I don't want to go and risk having these mediocre experiences and having them cost so much. It just doesn't feel good.
1: No. I'm just
0: going to eat at home.
1: Well, and that's... Or I'm going
0: to go to a really nice place. Right. And I probably will force my husband to be a little... We eat a lot on the fly. Like it's late, we haven't made a plan, I don't have anything thought out, and he likes to eat out and he likes to have burgers and but I I want something that's better than a burger. So that's kinda how we end up in these choice situations.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm just I'm I don't know. I'm gonna really be thinking about this as we go through the fall.
1: Okay. I like it. Well let's make our choices.
0: Yes, make good dining choices, people. <laughs> Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening. <laughs>